that in the third with G. Moody, New York City. Um, I want to get into how, how I started with the podcast game. Prior to podcasting, I was just a, you know, I had a couple of properties in the Bronx and I was just landlording. I was taking care of the worst tenants that I ever, that you would ever uh, imagine anybody could have. I had the worst tenants that were destroying my properties. Sometimes I would go in my property and a tear would come down because I would slowly see it disintegrating. So I was just landlording, um, try, trying to collect rents. I had a Section 8 tenants and uh, the rent was uh, 1500 uh, Section 8 would pay 1300 and I couldn't get the $200 from the tenant. And it would be like pulling teeth. So they paid almost 80, 90% of the rent, but I couldn't get that 200. So as that 200 kept mounting and mounting and mounting, um, it was terrible and the properties were going down. So I was really, really sad. And then um, uh, Rappaport would come home from LA, come back to New York. And of course we would do like we did for 20 years. Yo, G, come over. Yo, let's watch it. Let's watch some football. So I'd go over to the crib and he'd, put the football we just watching sitting down and then he said yo gee you know i got a podcast right i'm like what the hell is a podcast i knew ipod from apple but i didn't know exactly what a podcast was so he said yo listen to a few episodes so i listened to some episodes he had he was talking about john legend and all that and then i go back to his crib and he said yo let's do it and i first i declined i said nah let's just watch the games like we always did i don't know i don't want to be down with that came back over he pulled out the mics, we recorded, and as they say, the rest is history. 484 episodes later, we are among the top podcasts in the world consistently based on our chemistry, based on our friendship. So that's how I got plucked out of obscurity to do this uh, podcast thing. And I, I love it. I love making the people laugh. I love how uh, uh, we get all the uh, direct messages, the tweets from fans saying we make their day, we make their work day go faster. But over the years, people have really uh, taken a liking to me because basically, like I said, I got plucked out of obscurity. So who the fuck is this guy? Who's G. Moody? We know Rappaport, but who is this guy? Well, this is his friend. They've been friends since they were kids. So people started to get wanting to know more about me. You know, I didn't have Instagram. I wasn't on none of that stuff. You know, I was just raising my daughter, just, you know, just trying to be the best father I could be. So I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have uh, Twitter. I didn't really use Facebook. I was just landlording and trying to be the best father I could be. That was where my emphasis was. That was what, where my attention was. So when we started doing this thing, and I'm getting a lot of uh, the fans are saying, yo, who is this guy? So I had to get Instagram. I had to get uh, Twitter. First time I got recognized walking in uh, New York City, walking on um, Columbus Circle, going down the escalator, and a cat behind me heard me talking. And he said, excuse me, uh, are you G. Moody? Uh, I knew I recognized the voice. I knew I recognized the voice. And I was like, I, was, I didn't even say nothing to homeboy. I just was like, oh, shit, to myself. I'm like, my voice. He said, yo, I recognize that voice. In LAX, in the airport, sitting down, you know, before the flight, you know, with all the airlines, you got to get ready, get geared up, because you don't know shit could jump off up, in the, up there. So what I usually do is I, I hit the bar, I get a little martini just in case. So 
Homeboy sitting next to me. I'm talking. And the dude said, excuse me, man. I recognize your voice. Are you G. Moody from Iron Rappaport Podcast? I said, oh, shit. I said, yeah, man. He said, man, yo, can I take a picture with you? So just seeing all of that shit and hearing all of that made me feel like, yo, this shit is big. This ain't no joke. You know, it's fun, me and my man laughing and shit, but the way it's being received is really a big thing. So I started rocking with the fans back and forth, and they reaching out to me saying, yo, you ever thought about getting your own podcast? And, and at the time, early on, not, not in the slightest. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't on my mind. Me and Rappaport was just rocking. It was just fun. It was really fun, and, and we were taken aback by it because we had no idea that it would be so well received by the world. Just, just two cats talking shit on the, on, on, on the couch and our New York shit, like New York shit talking. So that we had been doing since we were kids. Cause you know, you grow up in New York, you got to snap, you, you getting snapped on, you getting ranked on. And that's part of a, uh, that that's what gives you your chops. So, so I started reaching out and talking to the fans and they were encouraging me, yo, yo, maybe you should think about starting your own joint. Maybe because we want to hear more of you and sometimes you're not on episodes and we get a little disappointed. So I would get that a lot. That would come in a lot. And it kind of made me think about myself in that lane. So as years went on, I was like, yo, maybe I should. And I started just wanting to do more because of the medium. I love the medium of talking to people and making them laugh. Uh, cats telling us, yo, you make the days go by so quick at the job and, and yo, I don't give a fuck about traffic. Yo, I could, I could lounge in traffic as long as I'm listening to y'all. So I said, yo, I like that. I want to continue that. And I'm going to start captaining my own ship. So I came up with the title, this, that, and the third. If you're from New York, you always hear people talking about, yo, so money said this, that, and the third. And then, so that means, He's talking all kind of shit. It's this, that, and the third. So that's what you will get. I thought my podcast should encompass all of those things, meaning my likes of food, travel. Cats always reach out to me via Instagram, always talking about, gee, first time here, me and my whiz coming out to, to, uh, to New York, and we want to know where the spot's at, not the hoity-toity spots. I'm not going to give you that Zagat's bullshit. Because sometimes your pockets may not be the gats. So I'm going to get you to come to the outer boroughs. These are not crime-written boroughs like that. People think about the Bronx. They still in, uh, Bronx still has a, a kind of a negative connotation from the 70s and 80s being burnt out, crime-written. They haven't really addressed that yet. But I've been living in the Bronx since 2004, and I can tell you it ain't nothing like that. So... Get ready for it. It's G Monetti, G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, embarking, christening the ship that will eventually go out into the sea on its own. And I am G Moody with this, that, and the third. Uh, Starbucks. I told motherfuckers about Starbucks. I told... I told motherfuckers that, yo, it's going to be a politically correct homeless shelter. 
And, and lo and behold, it turned into that. I have proof. I went to a Fordham Starbucks in the Bronx, and I got told a story that I'd already predicted. The bathrooms have turned into shit. The bathrooms have turned into drug dens. Why? Because the policy from the fucking head up, the higher ups, the policy is anybody could use the bathroom and you don't have to buy anything. So what the fuck you think that's going to turn into? Just to what, just exactly to what money said in Fordham yesterday. I was in there yesterday trying to buy a Frappuccino. And he said, yo, don't, don't, whatever you do, don't go in the motherfucking bathroom. Whatever you do, don't go in the bathroom. So I was like, yo, why? So he kicked it to me on the side and he told me that there's hypodermic needles. It's dangerous. This is why we don't let people in the bathrooms. Um, the crackheads are in there and they're in there for hours on end. We have to bang on the door. We have to get the cops. They're having sex in there. This is just what the fuck I said. And it was very easy to predict. You can't be running a corporation and, 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 and be kowtowing and backpedaling. Yo, here's the policy, B. You can't come in this bathroom unless you buy something. That directive of allowing the street to come into your bathroom has endangered their employees. So, like I said, we are watching the decline of the Starbucks Corporation. Homeboy told me, the worker, he told me that they had to get an EMT in there because the crackheads and the dopeheads and the ooey, the K2 cats, they in there passed out. And the door locked. He told me also that, you know, Starbucks has tables where you sit down or whatever. They had to take the tables out because these dudes is passed out on the table. And these are, if anybody knows, around certain McDonald's, you have methadone cats. You go to certain McDonald's on Tremont, they all congregate outside. And you see them. They said that we can't go in the bathroom. That's what you hear when you walk by. I, I, I need to go in the bathroom. I don't know how these motherfuckers said I can't go. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to motherfucking mountain. I'm sick. So this is, that's the clientele that Starbucks has right now. See, they, McDonald's locked the bathrooms. And then they got word, Starbucks opened the bathroom. So I'm going to Starbucks, nigga. They got the bathrooms open. They don't give a fuck. You might call I'm sick, nigga. I'm sick. They have to call the police all day. You know why they did that? Because they're scared. They don't want to seem uh, racist. And it's like, oh, we want to be all. They, they put out a statement. We want to be, for, we don't want to feel like we're excluding people of color. Yeah, you are. Yeah. The person of color is this. <laughs> You better let me in, nigga. That's the personal color you got now in your stores. <laughs> and they're not buying coffee. They come in here to get that fix in your bathroom. And now, if you deny that guy, I need to come in the bathroom. If he gets denied, he could get a lawsuit.
sue them niggas. This, that, and the third with G. Moody. Performance signifies cultivated while spreading. Many, many lyrics memorized embedded in my think tank, sharp as a shake knife. I strike the mic just as quick as a snake bite. This, that, and the third with G. Moody. This is my views on the Bill Cosby and everything that happened. I said homeboy would be in jail. Bill Cosby has been diagnosed as a sexual, what? He has a sexual mental disorder. That's what the psychiatrist said after interviewing this motherfucker. That, and he's likely to re-offend. This means he, when, when, they, when the judge, the judge hears that. So when he, the judge renders the verdict of the sentencing, he's not going home. He's going to be led away in handcuffs because it is a sexual abnormality. It is. Like I said, why are you giving pills so this woman can be knocked out? That's normal. You come in my crib and I offer you a drink that I've already spiked without your knowing. And then it incapacitates you. And then you, from what I understand how these pills work, you actually see what I'm doing. But you can't move. It's like you ever had one of them dreams where you see what's going on. Remember? You, you, you actually, when you were uh, a kid and you had one of them dreams, like, yo, I couldn't move. I couldn't get out the way. I've had dreams like that as a kid, and sometimes I'd be like, ah, just so I could wake myself up. Now imagine you seeing this motherfucker, Bill Cosby, naked, getting naked in front of you. You know, he got a pot belly and all that. And you can't move and you can't believe it. And, and he prays on that, that because nobody would believe you. So it is a sex, sexual abnormality. It is. So Bill Cosby is 81 years old. To be paint with that brush as being a sexual predator that will likely reoffend. That just seals, that just puts the nail in the coffin for the judge because that's what the judge wanted to determine whether he would let you out, or like on your appeal, because appeal could take years, right? So once the judge sees that, that seals the deal. So when the verdict is read, the sentencing verdict, you do in five years, B. That is bugged out and yo, you did it, and he, through his own words, he said, yeah, I gave these pills. You know, he said it for, for sex, he said that. And, and one of the jurors said that's what really uh, convicted him for us, because he admitted doing that for that purpose. If I'm the judge, I'm gonna say, oh, you could ask for that. If I'm the judge, you, oh, you could ask for that, but you're not gonna get that. You're not getting the, um, you want to be a house? That's what they would ask him. So, because he's legally blind, we're going to ask for leniency. We're going to ask for uh, house arrest. And um, listen, I'm making this decision, B. And based on what I've heard and based on what this psychiatrist said, you cannot be lounging in your crib just because you're old. We're going to, you're going to do, we, it, it, this is called punishment. And and uh, I'm not going to give you 10 years, but you're going to stay in the hoose gal for at least two and a half years. 
Um, end of story, and that's it. See, that's the judge. See, I'm a no-nonsense. I'm like cut him loose, Bruce. You remember Bruce Wright, right? I'm no-nonsense. We, 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 we not prejudiced. We don't care if fuck this motherfucker was yellow. I would make that clear to the, to the, to the uh, media. Listen, we don't give a fuck if he a star. We don't give a fuck if he not a star. We care about the behavior. And we're going to judge the behavior because I'm the judge. Right? It ain't about because the, uh, the scales of uh, uh, what they call that, the scales of justice or what? Aren't they, aren't, isn't the lady blindfolded? Right? Because if she wasn't blindfolded, your race could sway her because she, she has her uh, prejudices and biases, maybe. But if she don't see who you see who you are, you could get a fair trial or fa a fair verdict. The scales of justice are blindfolded for a reason. And I'd make that clear to the press. Yo, I don't give a fuck what color and what, how many movies this motherfucker made. What he did? Oh, 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 and, and it's been proven. Oh, and uh, what did what the psychiatrist say? Oh, he's likely to reoffend. Oh, so I'm entrusted with the with the uh, the protection of what the public, and I have a a gentleman here that has been diagnosed as a sexual predator who is likely to what? Oh, reoffend, and you want me to what? Put him in house arrest based on what? Oh, his age. Mm. So let me see what. What was the ages of the girls he did? Oh, we have one here who was uh, 16. No. So you can sit down, and the verdict is three years in in jail. Take him away. He know what he did. Oh, but he's he was on his TV show. He was on a TV show? Oh, and we supposed to have some type of leniency. Listen, you knew what you was doing. You, should, you had a problem. See, when you have a problem, you're supposed to come out and acknowledge that. Like, yo, you know giving these broad pills without them knowing is bad. You, you got a daughter. He got daughters. What, 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 what if what if they did that to his daughter? Listen, the fact that you even thinking about Spanish fly. The fact that you're like, when a woman comes in and you go, here, have a drink. Take, take some of the edge off. It's sinister because nothing happens without a thought. Right? You have to think about that prior to her coming to the crib. So your thought is, I'm going to spike this drink. That's the thought. You're not doing it. Be a thought. I'm going to spike this, and I'm going to give it to her, and then she's going to be knocked out, and then I'm going to take advantage of her. That's the thought. So when that thought enters your mind, then you should be like, I'm sick. Why am I doing this to this young lady? I'm taking advantage of her because of my celebrity. Once you acknowledge that, you should commit. Commit yourself. You did that for three decades to broads. And you don't deserve jail time? Oh, you don't deserve jail time because you was on a, a TV show? You still alive, right? Listen, I have to take into consideration all the ladies that you took advantage, that held this within 
for years and told their moms and told and then if you heard one of the calls they had the moms had the presence of mind one of the ladies he took advantage of the moms had the presence of mind to take the uh the the, the girl take the conversation that he apologized and he said to the mom did you tell the mom you had an orgasm what about the orgasm he said that it's on tape i'm really sorry i'm i guess i'm just a dirty old man it's on tape they taped the call i'm sorry so he was uh he was a sugar daddy like yo i'll pay for your college and all that i'll pay yo you you a dude that ain't got no game that's it because if i'm a star you don't think about this they want to see you anyway you know that you're a star and still fucking with pills to get get these that means you a corny dude you're supposed to be from Philadelphia. supposed to be yeah i'm from philly and this and that you a corny dude based on that you ain't got no station you can't talk to these women and be like but but as a celebrity you don't have to do that that means you have no personality but you see how the universe works you thought you would die with these secrets, right? But they came out and, and look at you. you. I mean, this dude is ultimately disgraced from the time, basically from the time you was a little kid to now. All that shit is disgrace. Your cousins, the ancestors, all these people from back in the days that you was like, oh, my, uh, my moms, my pops, I'm in Philadelphia, we poor. You disgraced all of those people. Even even fat, even fat Albert, all the, your 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 artistry, all your works, because the 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 level of heinousness in the crimes, he wants you like like uh like Sleeping Beauty. What the hell is that? Whoever created that is one is one of these motherfuckers. Is is a cosmic type. Sleeping Beauty. She sleep. That's that's that um predatory paraphilia. It's a sexual abnormality. You see, you see, uh, you get aroused by a sleeping woman. You sh you and you say the nigga shouldn't be in jail. Now, are you going to get aroused by that sleeping cellmate? Or maybe the cellmate will get. You see how the world works, how God works. They're going to put you in that cell, and you're going to go to sleep. And the cellmate is going to get aroused on you sleeping. Money is a, is, a, is a savage. And I don't give a fuck about all that black college and all that. So what? That's to cover up your tracks. That's to, to cover up your, your conscience. And, and had the nerve to be admonishing black folks and talking about how we talk and this and that. How I talk. But what about how you act? What's worse? Me, me, me using uh, incorrect grammar or, or, or me knocking out a woman on some quaalude shit. What's worse? That's what they see. That's what that's all that uh, posturing, all that uh, trying to admonish and, 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 and talk to black people like like you're some uh, moral, moral figure. But in the background, in the closet, you one of the worst cats on earth. But enough of that. I had, to, I had to go on a tangent, and I am a, 
a proponent of the Me Too movement. I'm with it. I ain't saying nothing to nobody. That's a big movement. And it started from a lady. When I first saw this lady, I don't know what her name is. But when she said she came up with the Me Too, I first looked at her and said, oh, hell no. Not you. Hashtag not you. <laughs> no, but I'm being, I'm joking. But I learned from this Me Too movement too. I learned a lot. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, you know I'm, I've been podcasting four years. Like you said, I'm getting a um, little fame, a little, uh, little uh, notoriety. And women start, I see, you know, I've been on shows, women talking to me, saying all kind of slick shit. I, but they, I, I fuck their head up. They be like, Gerald, you know, I want to, I be like, I talk to them like this after the show. When they ask me a question, I'm like, they be like, Gerald, how you doing? I don't use words. How you doing? Nice show. I, I speak like I'm retarded. So, so if anything come out, they'd be like, I, I taped them. And this is what he said. You'll never get me on <laughs> or something I said. I speak in my own language. This, that, and the third with G. Moody. Hot damn, hot damn, hot damn, ho, here we go again. Suck a steal a beat when you know they can't win. You stole the beat. Are you having fun now? Me and the odds gonna show you how it's done. You Just came back in. Walking around. And I saw, um, I saw, uh, we saw some, uh, some things out in the street that, uh, I see, you know, Everything is about diversity now. We saw a, a white couple with a black child. Everything is about diversity. So I, I figured I need to jump in. I'm gonna get me a white child. And I don't you can't say nothing. I, I, I think I think it should be the same thing because when they always talk about the diversity, it's always, oh yeah, I, I, I got me a black child. So why not the, the diversity thing be on me too? I got me a white child. <laughs> this, that, and the third with G. Moody. Peace. The realness. The, 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 the realness. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the